So we're back again with another episode. And like I say all the time with every person that I bring on the podcast, I'm excited for this conversation. And funny enough, just like every other podcast episode we've recorded, me and my sister here just had a great conversation before we even started recording. So I'm excited to bring this new episode to you. So let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diaspora Daughter Podcast. I am your host, Mojisola Ndukwe, Yoruba by birth, Igbo by marriage, your fellow African flower on American soil. And today, we have one of my big sisters on the podcast. I feel like I've had a lot of big sisters on here, but that's just to let you know that there are a lot of people you know, that are paving the way for us out there. And, you know, why not share that glory with you all? So I have my sister here, Adela of Arome, the CEO and founder of Arome. And I think this is going to be a great conversation. Um, Adela is somebody who I was even just telling her she was my inspiration behind even the school I selected to go to, which even led to me meeting my husband, meeting, you know, friends that have helped me navigate my entrepreneurial ventures and all that. So we'll get into that. So welcome to the podcast, Adela. Thank you. Thank you, Moji. I am so, 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 so excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Not a problem. Thank you for being a part of this. So... Now, your story is a story that I really wanted to have on here because once you you started a business and your business has been flourishing, just like it's making people's skin flourish, but we get we'll get there. Um, but that's not where you started. So before you even get in there, kind of tell me about yourself. Yeah, man, oh man. So just like, you know, you said, my name is Adela Ogane. So I am a Yoruba girl, very proud oh, yes. Nigerian queen. Um, <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know, we have to always represent. Um, but both of my parents are actually, funny enough, from Ikorodu town. So they're actually uh-huh. both from the same town, but not related, of course. Um, so I am the oldest daughter of three. I have a sister and a brother. So shout out to them. Um, oof, I always struggle with this of like where to go. But just honestly, like I've kind of been all over the place. That's one thing mm-hmm. about me. It's like we've been back and forth between America and Nigeria. So literally mm-hmm. lived here, was born in America, raised till I was five, moved to Nigeria till I was nine, then came back here when my parents decided to move back to the States and then ended up going back to Nigeria for boarding school. So I was there wow. for 12th grade. Um, so that's where I did prom and all that type of stuff. And then I finally came back to America for college and have been here since. Um, but yeah, so I just never like, knew that. I never knew you guys went back twice. Yes, we went back twice because my parents were just like trying to figure it out. They wanted to move back home to be closer to their parents. Mm-hmm. And then being in Nigeria, they get frustrated. They want to mm-hmm. come back to the U.S. for more structure, come here and are frustrated from like just not the promotions that they should have received that they yeah. didn't, uh-huh. you know, that encouraged them to go back home. So 
you know what I'm happy that you actually bring that up because I feel like there are a lot of individuals like even I can even speak for myself that want to go back home but are curious or anxious about going back and forth and um something that I already know is that your parents are still back home so they eventually you know found a foundation and Mm -hmm. kind of grown from there and are doing extremely well so that I'm I'm happy you brought that up because I know that's encouraging for someone like me who eventually wants to go back home and wondering like ah if the stress is too much, like, will I come back? Or, you know, that type of anxiety that comes up. Like, you know, people looking at you like, mm, she left and now she's back. See, see, I chased, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, but it's like, you know, everything is trial and error. So I love exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, you know what? I would actually like to hear more about that experience back home because I know you, um, was this before your brother was born that you guys went back the same time, the second time? So actually, funny enough, so the first time was before my brother was born when I was Mm -hmm. five till I was nine. So the reason we actually moved back here was when my brother was born. Okay. came to America to have my brother Mm -hmm. and then while she was here it was just you know being back in America being back in that structure Mm -hmm. even just in the hospital Mm -hmm. versus all the appointments she had in Nigeria she was just like you know what I feel like we should settle back here Mm -hmm. and from there like her and my dad I guess spoke and all of a sudden we all transitioned back to America so his birth was what brought us back here and then you and Timmy Lola is actually going to be on the podcast next. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so then you and Timmy Lola went to Atlantic Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You, you know what's funny? Andrew and I were just talking about like the different schools back home. Because mm-hmm. we were like, you know, when our children grow up, like, do we want to school them back home or do we want to school them here? And he was talking right. about Atlantic Hall is actually a really good school. But tell us about your experience, because he, he didn't go there, so. <laughs> <laughs> what was your experience? Uh, how how much of a culture shock was that? Because even though you went back when you were younger, right. you know, to go back in the midst of high school, you have puberty, you're, you're changing mentally, yeah. physically, everything. How was that experience for you? So I feel like that's a great question because I think now when we think about things today, we're thinking about how like Afrobeats have taken over, how mm-hmm. now it's cool to be Nigerian. So this is like, take your mind back to that time where it wasn't cool, you exactly. know, so like, mm-hmm. for ninth and 10th grade, trying to find my footing. So this was like a point where, cause like I said, we went to Nigeria and I came back when I was nine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I did a couple years of elementary school and then started high school. So I finally started to get an American accent mm-hmm. and then you know that happens i'm making friends it's like okay we transition and move to nigeria so i'm like what is this mm-hmm. biggest shock ever because it's like i knew i was nigerian i knew my culture and things like that but it's like now you're immersed with people like it's boarding school too mm-hmm. so it's like it's not like i'm going home every day and seeing my parents so it's like just a new lifestyle you're staying in a in a dorm that's like you know there, there's no running water you have to wake up early to be able to fetch hot water and just like these, you have to braid your hair a certain way mm-hmm. no more zigzags earrings have to be you know everything was like so specific your skirt mm-hmm. has to be a certain length and those were things like of course at roosevelt we had dress code violations but that mm-hmm. was like nothing compared to even low-key those dress code violation shirts Girl, were cute like <laughs> 
you would just wear a big yellow shirt that said dress code violation. Like mad people actually kept those shirts and turned it right. Exactly. So it was just it was a different type of like discipline. Lights out at a certain time. Had to wake up at a certain time. Clothes had to be ironed a certain way. But yeah, so it was a shock. Even bullying, I can imagine like the seniors. That's a whole different experience. Yeah, but even that great. Thankfully, I didn't experience it, and Tamela okay. didn't either, because you know that girl just yes. she can't. Exactly. So I started as a senior. So even for me, like when I would do things like wash my own clothes, like people would come up to me like, eh, how can you be washing your clothes when you can call one of these juvies to wash them for you? And I'm like, wow, people do that? Like, <laughs> I that, that was a thing. So like, it was just a lot to learn all around like it was completely completely different but then at the same time as I adapted like those are years I would never trade like I would never trade them it taught me so so much like about my culture about just discipline mm -hmm. learning to do things it was yeah it was a great experience so do you feel like that experience like shifted how you navigated life in regards to just, you know, schooling, even when you came back, so now you're back in the U.S., right. how did that, how do you feel that Atlantic Hall experience kind of changed your trajectory? That's a great question. Um, I think for me, again, it goes back to like the amount of discipline mm -hmm. that I learned, like even just in terms of, it's a whole different mindset, right? So there it's like you're learning that these years matter, like these years impact your future. So in terms of thinking of what I wanted to become, like before that, I was just, like, oh yeah, I want to be a pediatrician. Like I would just say things loosely, mm -hmm. but then there, it's like, I kind of like, okay, you want to be a pediatrician. Do you know chemistry? Do you know mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. this? You know, so it was just like, oh wow, there's actually work that I have yeah, to do. that you have to do. Exactly, to get to those places. So it just helped me be so much more intentional about like my career, where I saw mm -hmm. myself like yeah they're they're very and as we know you know as Africans we're very very serious about success and mm -hmm. building your career and things like that so that's interesting you know I've always wondered how different I would be if I did some schooling mm -hmm. it's an experience that even though I didn't well you know Andrew was born and raised back home so he did mm -hmm. all his schooling up until college in Nigeria and I'm just wondering, like, we have such different experiences. I wonder, like, how that shift will be for our children, because I feel like your experience is more than likely what they will have. And just knowing these two different dynamics, just especially how the world is changing now, it's actually cool to be back home. You know, no one is called an African booty scratcher anymore. And being in, being in the U.S. as an African is actually the uncool thing. It's right. the uncool thing. So I'm just, I'm curious to see how that will be for all of our children, actually, like, as the years go on. But that's neither here or there. <laughs> so let's fast forward. You are now back in the DMV. Because you guys came back to to the DMV. To Maryland. Okay, exactly. yeah. yeah. So you're no, back in the DMV. And... Fortunately enough for us, the DMV is already um, kind of saturated with Africans and diversity. Mm -hmm. However, you know, you came back really kind of shifting right into college, right? Yeah, yeah. I came back the summer before college. Wow. So how was that? 
because you went to UMBC, our mm -hmm. alma mater. <laughs> so how was that just navigating that because now that's another culture shock i mean mm -hmm. i would feel like you know so how was that for you yeah it was so funny enough my friend siobhan i'm sure you know siobhan adekoya so shout out to her um but she so me and her were friends since elementary school mm -hmm. so we had kept in contact like the whole time that i was in nigeria and then when it came to that time i think it was our senior year she was the one who was on me mm. like hey this is the time that you apply for, because in Nigeria, everybody's talking about A-levels. Like mm -hmm. most times they follow the British system. So mm -hmm. they're doing like IGCSE, doing A-levels and things like that. And not that many people there at the time were doing mm -hmm. the SATs to come to the US. So mm -hmm. Siobhan was always calling. She's talking to my mom like, hey, it's application time. The application deadline for this is this date. Like she's talking to my parents about FAFSA, everything. So literally wow. she was the one who actually helped me with applying to all these schools. So we applied to, and we applied to all the same schools because like mm -hmm. since we were, I met Siobhan when I was, what, 10, nine, 10, something like that. Nine or 10 when we were <laughs> Well, we always said we were going to go to college together. We were going to be roommates our freshman year. So we applied to all the same schools. And it's just like whatever school that we're both accepted to is the school that we would go to. And that was always the plan that when I moved back for college, I was actually going to live with Siobhan and her family. Mm -hmm. Really, that was how that happened. We literally just both applied together. We actually, funny enough, started out at Howard Community College. Mm -hmm. So we both did the semester there first just to like get our footing, get our grades up, honestly, mm -hmm. because yeah. we could have done better. And I- uh, Girl, yeah. same. UMBC waitlisted me. Yeah. It was like, sis, try again. <laughs> right. And UMBC, for you who don't know, that UMBC is like Harvard level or something. Exactly. That school is, it's not easy. It's not an easy school. It's all about academics. We don't have a football team. So it's actually not an easy school to get into at all. And because at the time I wanted to be a doctor, like to do pediatrics. So mm -hmm. it's like trying to get in in their pre- med program and all of that was just a lot so yeah, yeah. so we did it at Howard so the transition because of Siobhan it was smooth because I was just able to come right back but then it was also like again culture shock because you get back and everybody they're at love they're at Ibiza I'm like what are mm -hmm. all these yeah. what's going on you don't know the moves you don't wow I remember love and Ibiza right. those night those were nightclubs for anyone who's listening under the yeah. age of 27 because if you were even talking about Siobhan I was low-key like getting chills because I had a similar experience where my god sister Bola um Bola Joby or what do they call her? Monique Monique Joby um mm. she was actually because even though i wanted to go to umbc so we're kind of i'm gonna interject my story in here so when Teddy lola and i were in high school um Teddy lola and i we skipped school we were seniors so you know what the hell we skipped school and we said we're going to umbc to go and see adela let's go to the college <laughs> So and at that time, I really wasn't sure what school I wanted to go to. I knew I wanted to be in health administration. I had had some experience. I've been working since I was like 15. So I had had like experience that kind of helped navigate my trajectory when it came to like my career. But I didn't know how to go about that application process or even what schools had that type of um, major. So one day, me and Tony was just like, Mm, yeah let's just 
go and i had a car of course we were always busting and cruising in that car um and we went to umbc and it just like felt right like i we were with adela and i was like man adela looks like she's having fun here like she's going even my my cousin was there too godwin I even remember Tamiola told me the story of when when Godwin asked if you guys know me. I think yeah, either my Facebook or some name was like Mo Monet. Mo Monet. Hilarious, but um, wow, the day. Um, but um, yeah, and so you know. I applied to UNBC. I, I didn't get in. They waitlisted me and told me to try again next semester. And so I went to PG Community College. And I stayed at PG for a year. Yeah, I did a full, it, I was only supposed to do a semester, but then I decided to do a year. And then I was having fun. Honestly, I was going, kind of going down the wrong path with certain people. And I was having fun. And PG wasn't like a, a serious school to me, at least. Um, and, but I called my dad and was like, no, you need to get Moji out of there. She should only do a year. And my dad called me like, Moji Sola, if you don't get serious, like, <laughs> I mean, and the thing is I'm saving money because you and me, I mean, PGCC was cheap, you know, and, and I'm, I was doing hair and work and everything. So I was making big bank for, at the young age of like 19 and if it wasn't for Monique calling my dad, I would have done two years at PG instead of just that one year. And who knows what direction that would have taken me or who I would have, you know, started to hang around or whatever the case may be. So I, I just started to really feel that because, you know, there's always that one person that helps you kind of like get back into where you need to be you know god always has that one person that he brings into your life mm-hmm. um but that's that's a whole nother th- funny enough you know like <laughs> even though i focused on umbc like my dad was like go to howard go to your brother went to U- university of maryland college park and i'm like no UMBC is where I want to go. It was, it was like, it was like secluded, but there was still like a group of people that were in our demographic that we could hang with, that we were, that we could be comfortable with, and all of that. So you could be serious, but you can also like enjoy college at the same time. Yeah. So what did you study at UMBC? So I ended up doing, so I was pre, I started out pre-med, I switched to pre-farm, mm-hmm. um, but my actual major was psychology. Okay. So that was one thing that whenever I did my electives, I always took psych courses and I absolutely loved them. So I was like, okay, well, this brings my GPA up because mm-hmm. in chemistry, tearing me down. <laughs> Any type of STEM course at UMBC is no freaking no joke. joke. Yeah. It's no joke. That's why I really applaud all those like Meyerhoff people because I'm like, I don't know how they didn't leave UMBC with gray hair. Like, right. Right. <laughs> Seriously. So, you know, you switch to pre farm, you're studying this, and I know a shift happened for you. Mm-hmm. where you decided okay this isn't really where i want to be so kind of like help us understand that progression to that point 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like it started out with that, again, with us being Africans, we hold this expectation over ourselves and our parents hold it over us of, mm-hmm. you know, we want you to be successful. And I feel like the way that we then define the success, because my parents today will say, neither of us are doctors. So I don't know whatever made you feel like you had to go that science route. Mm-hmm. When they said you need to do well, that was just all that came to my mind. So I was taking mm-hmm. chemistry courses, physics, um, biology, and it just wasn't work. Like it just didn't feel right. But I was like, let me just do it. I'm doing psychology. Like I said, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I just kind of continued with psychology, graduated with that. And then I started working in, um, in counseling, like as admissions counselor. So I started mm-hmm. working at schools, different. I worked at um, UBC at one mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. At University College. So it was just, I just kept working as like a counselor and just kind of helping students get into college and things like that while I was working on my license and getting my master's. I got my master's in 2016. So I was getting that so that I could become like a therapist. Cause I was like, well, that's something I'm really good at. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy helping them through, mm-hmm. you know, just like life issues and things like that. But then on the side, I had kind of gotten into, cause I always had like hobbies. Like there was mm-hmm. always just something that I was into at one point it was knitting and things like that. And then it was just a phase in my life where I really just got into like healthier eating and like mm-hmm. paying more to the things that I'm ingesting, paying more attention to working out. And then I started getting really passionate about my skin because that was something that I always just like had issues with and struggled with and kind of transitioned into that phase of like making products and things like that. But still in school trying to figure out like, God, what am I supposed to be doing? Because I'm like, that's all the, the um, I can't even think of the word, but the standard way, like, you know, mm-hmm. like I need doctor I need to have this big title yeah it was not it wasn't hitting no I actually I feel you on that point because I feel like a lot of women within our demographic you know especially first daughters we don't really have anyone that's helping us navigate the pain in a sense so because of that you know you pay you place a very large burden on yourself because you have something in your mind and instead of questioning that something for you it was becoming a doctor you know instead of questioning that something we just stick our our feet in the mud and it's like we have to force this to work out and i think that's something to highlight especially for the younger generation, because I know a lot of young girls who are experiencing that now, who even aren't first daughters, but just like uh, African girls, you know, within the diaspora period, they're having that feeling of, okay, I've already told people that I wanted to do this. I need to stick to it. Um, But it is okay to question yourself. It is okay to actually dig deep and figure out what you're passionate about. Like, Adela was just saying her, I mean, and we'll get into this, her hobby has turned into an entrepreneurial venture that is becoming very successful. So it's okay to tune into yourself and see what gives you, what makes you feel gratified? What do you enjoy doing? And that can be multiple things. And not only that, that can change over seasons too. And all of that is okay. So, you know, you went through the process of um, being a counselor and then preparing to become a therapist, and you also were starting some hobbies. So kind of continue with that story. 
Yeah, and I feel like, I'm sorry, just piggybacking off of what you even just said, like speaking to the young girls and things like that. Like, I feel like that's so important. It's the check, not being afraid to ask yourself the questions too, because for me, it was in that, um, when I was going down that path of psychology to become a therapist, it was actually required in my master's program. Like, if you want to be a therapist, you need to also get therapy, mm. you know? So I had to get a therapist and it was in those conversations that I was able to look inward you know, speaking to my therapist and it's like, you speak so much about becoming a doctor and like, you want to get these titles as a therapist. Like who is, who is that bringing joy? Is this for you or is this for your parents? Mm -hmm. Like, is this your dream? Like you're saying it, but it doesn't sound like what's in your heart. Like, you know, exactly. more about what's in your heart. What do you see yourself doing? And that was the first moment that I was able to, again, like you said, as the oldest thought, like step out of that grounding. Like mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to do this. I've told everyone, this is what I'm doing. So I have to do it. And it's like, wait, what do I enjoy? Exactly. Because you know? this life is for you. It's you for went you. out fire. You went out alone. Right. <laughs> so this life is for you. And I think, you know, just as you're talking about, one, I am a great, I, I still go to therapy. I talk about this yes. on my podcast. I talk about this, you know, with everyone I, I um, interact with. I am a big advocate for going to therapy because one, it helps you to see things from a different perspective and it helps you to take yourself out of this category that you have placed or out of that you know mindset that we you know or this construct I should say that we place for ourselves because life is about being flexible you have to just move with the trenches and understand that you know just as the wind blows or as the waves blow that's how life can be too not saying that you shouldn't be serious of course but be open-minded and be okay to change because change is going to happen and also be okay with talking to people because Adela you know started with her therapist as someone to start talking to I had the same and that actually for me to get it into me talking to other people just to see what other people are doing and you know other experience even outside of like career um so I think that's something very important to to highlight in this conversation I agree I could not agree more all right all right Adela so <laughs> no honestly I'm, I love that um okay so you started to dig into what makes you happy. Would you mind sharing what that was or the question you started to ask yourself? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it started from, so she even asked me, my therapist, like, what are even the smallest things that like bring you joy? And I want you to focus on that in the coming weeks. And so, mm -hmm. like I said, that's where I realized, like I was in a state in my life then too, where I was starting to like eat better and be more intentional about having vegetables and portioning like the carbs that I'm eating and things like that. And then, you know, just as simple as that, I was like, I enjoy like going to the gym and working out. And, you know, I was really enjoying that at that point. Mm -hmm. And then um, from there, like I had always, always struggled with dry skin. Like that mm -hmm. was something that was just like, it was like it terrorizing me because I just never had the right products that worked for my skin, even hair too, but that's a story for another day. But it's just like growing up in that time, like all these things that are accessible now, like that was when we used to use what pink lotion mm -hmm. in our hair, 
and, and blue grease. I mean, blue magic. Yeah, blue magic, exactly. <laughs> this watered down suave lotion. So it's like, that's all that we use or just slapping Vaseline on yourself, like, you know, things like that. And so that was something that in that time, I just started to like, okay, what hobbies can I develop and things like that. So I just started researching the products and the ingredients that are going into the lotions and things that I'm using. And then from there, I was like, what if I, you know, I'm eating healthier and I'm choosing more natural ingredients. Like what if I did the same thing for my skin? Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm researching just like shea butter and getting into, you know, cause I'm seeing like black glowy, beautiful skin. Right. So just researching all these ingredients and that's how, that it just started as me doing it for myself. And I was like, wow, like this formula is actually working for me. Finally, something that was like actually hydrating and moisturizing for my skin. And then at the time I actually had my boyfriend at the time Mm -hmm. um, did everything from like graphic design, photography, web design, like all that type of stuff. And so as I was just making it for myself, he was like, do you know you could turn this into a business? And I was like, Mm -hmm. what? how like I don't know anything about business like I'm just kind of doing this for myself and then because I would just make it put it in jars give it to people because they were just like oh you know they would try it and like it and he was like no like you could legit make this a business like Mm -hmm. I could make the website I could do all this and honestly that was just how that's how it it all started like if you can commit to like you'll take pictures of the product you'll start the website and everything I can make it and we'll see how this thing does Mm -hmm. and literally that was how that whole journey began. Wow. So I can only imagine like navigating the fields of entrepreneurship. For me, both of my parents were are entrepreneurs. So I kind of had an idea of or an understanding of what goes into entrepreneurship. But what was that experience like for you? Because you're stepping in into a whole new battlefield now. So how was that? Um, so that the entrepreneurship, I would definitely say kind of fast forward. So at that point, it was still, I was looking at from now, it was a, still a hobby because I was working full time mm. at that point. Um, yeah, because that was when I was still in my master's program, working mm-hmm. full time. So it was just like something I was doing on the side where it's like, oh, there's a website. If people order, great. If I make $100 a month from it, let's say I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, I didn't really get into it as like, something serious until Mm -hmm. like further down the line um so i feel like i started doing it full-time in october 2020 Mm -hmm. that's when i feel like it fully fully became yeah and so i'm happy that you bring that up because that's kind of like my next set of questions now Mm -hmm. oftentimes when we decide to venture into our own or go into our own ventures that can be a shock to people around us. And yeah. being, being, you know, the type of people being in a social construct where you are always adhering to people's advice or suggestions over your life, what was that experience like for you when you decided, okay, I want to take this full throttle? Mm-hmm. It was tough because just like how you shared, like both of your parents were entrepreneurs, mine were not, you know, like my mom is an architect. My, well, my dad actually always has had like by trade, he's an accountant, but now he's gotten more into entrepreneurial ventures. Mm -hmm. But my mom was so like, it didn't make any sense to her. Like she was just like, what? You're going to quit your job and this and how will you pay your bills? How will you, you know? So she was very afraid and that fear was starting to like, it can get inside you. Mm -hmm. 
makes sense. Should I actually be doing this? And mind you, at the time when I was doing it, the previous year, I want to say like I had made like 10, let's say, I think it was like 10000 or $12,000 for the whole year. Mm. And, and I'm doing this full time. Like, you know, so it's not, you know, it'll make sense. Let's say you're making some crazy money and it's like, oh yeah, it's time. So it literally was an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated, well, let me not sit. Sorry to the company, but hated myself. It's okay, Jared. Mm, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Exactly. And I was sitting there like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, yeah. And I think that was a long time. I hated it for a year. So mm-hmm. it was just at a point where I finally was just like crying and talking to God. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And mm-hmm. luckily, I was in a position where one, I'm not married yet. I don't have children. So there's nobody that's depending on me. Like, you know, so I was just like, if I do this, it's for me. Mm-hmm. And I that decision for myself that's one and two one thing I always highlight is I know it was a rough time for a lot of people with COVID people lost people and things like that but in that time that was like one of the biggest blessings for me in the sense that my car note was on hold Mm. student loans were on hold Mm -hmm. I was able to pay my mortgage you know defer my uh, payments and things like so it was just like it made it possible for me to take that leap because I didn't have as many expenses to worry about in that time. So it was like, well, what if I just put my all into this? Into this. Mm-hmm. And you know, even it's like, I don't know, so many things that you have said just literally have brought chills to my body because I feel like this is a conversation somebody out there needs to have. Sometimes we are in a space in life because God is waiting for us to move. Yes. Like, yeah. Just as you were talking about, like, you you don't have any dependents. Um, and on top of that, you were placed in a global pandemic where literally everything was on pause. Yeah. Even I think Tabitha Brown was talking about it on a podcast where she said she she felt like God had to put the world on pause to see her. And you see mm-hmm. how she's, like, thriving now. And I feel like that has been the narrative for a lot of individuals and sometimes i mean the right opportunity will present itself when you would know when when you literally are at the point of despair i would say for some people when she you know adela has just talked about hating her job and wanting more out of life i would say um that's when that's that's the time God is knocking on your door. Like, okay, move forward in this, move forward in this. And when you move forward in faith, everything works out. Because also, even when it comes to business, I feel like, and you know, you can speak more on this if you like, you have to give more in to get more out. You know, like you say you were working full time before you started a room. And, you know, so it was still a hobby, but of course, because, you know, it's input output. What did they, where is that economics or statistics? Is one, of <laughs> one of those ones, you know, you, you have to have greater input to get greater output. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely something else to highlight in this conversation. So we are now in, actually, you know, let's even get more into the brown. So tell us about, I've been the only one saying the name of the company. So oh, I know. <laughs> tell us oh, more. Oh, wow. My- 
Ah, oh, man. So yeah, so Arome is the name of the company. I can't believe I haven't said it yet. But yeah, so it's Arome. We are a skin moisturizing brand. Um, and that's something that I always try to highlight because our goal is to hydrate and moisturize your skin. Mm -hmm. You know, so I know a lot of times like people ask about like skincare and things like that. And we definitely hope to get to that point to venture into actually helping with like eczema and curing dermatitis and things mm -hmm. like that. But right now, strictly you know hydration and moisturizing your skin and allowing enhancing your natural glow mm -hmm. and honestly our biggest thing too is just like adding that piece of self-care to every day mm -hmm. you know because a lot of times like when we lotion you just slap on this watered down something that doesn't mm -hmm. even absorb into your skin but it's like we want you to actually every day like you're loving on your skin you're applying these butters and lotions that truly like absorb and hydrate you um so yeah like that is what the brand is here for that is what we do and just as we were talking about with the whole journey of it it's like this transition of doing it full-time just allows being able to pour into that vision yeah. and kind of create it and bring that to life to actually create a brand yeah because I, I honestly think that you know when god gives you a vision in order for that vision to fully flourish 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 <laughs> in order for that vision to fully flourish you have to pull your full thought and mindset within it and you've gotten there you're on amazon now you're in a few retailer stores so tell us about more about that experience of once you decided to go all in yeah how did you really navigate those waters yeah so it's 100 percent the god factor like you said i can't even like I can't speak about a wrong without speaking about God. That's one thing. It's like he gave me that go ahead. And from that, he was the one who just started opening doors. Because mm -hmm. it's like, if you take this step, I'll show you what I can do. Like that kind of thing. And so from there, one of my cousins, Doyne, as she actually works with me, she has been a gem. Like I couldn't be where I am now without her. So she joined and has been working now as like her titles are creative director. Mm -hmm. She has done all things photography, all things like branding, creation, like with running the Instagram and social media page. And then um, earlier this year, I had Tobey. We went to college together. Mm -hmm. He saw the vision as well because I reached out to him for accounting help. Like, hey, I'm trying to apply for this grant. I don't know how to do forecasting and all these things that they're asking for projections of our numbers. And when he looked at the numbers, he was like, girl, you have something going on here. Like, I, want to I was like, really? You can say something? <laughs> but that, that, I want to get in on that because sometimes people will see in you that you, that you can't see within yourself. And sometimes it takes that to even bring out a more motivating factor. Yeah. No. Exactly. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah. So it was just literally opportunities like that. So from building a team, because that was another thing I learned, you cannot succeed in anything on your own. That's like if you fire. have to grow by yourself, like there's no way a would have done what it did this year without building and fostering a team without like actually reaching out for help and things like that. And so I had another um, instance, this was actually how the whole Amazon situation came about so i basically had a friend from work her name is dana she's one of our models and is just an amazing soul and so she came over just hanging out you know we're just having a regular girls night or whatever and she's here for out maybe she got here at like 5 p.m or like right after work maybe 5 30 and wasn't leaving till 11 mm -hmm. as she's about to head out the door um, one of her friends, you know, a guy, one, yeah, one of her guy friends like reached out to her and just like FaceTimed her. She just happened to pick up and then she was like, oh, guess where I am? And then showed him 
my shelf. And so apparently like she's given him our butters as a gift. And he was like, oh my gosh, like, let me see her. And like, she turned the camera around. He was like, yo, I just have to tell you, like, I really love your product. I love what you're doing. Like she told me all about, you know, how you quit your job. And cause we used to work together at my last job. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, she told me everything. And he was like, I actually just started at this marketing firm in New York. I've learned so many things. Like if there is absolutely anything that I can help you with, you know, let me know. Like, I would be more than happy. No charge to you. Like, I just love to see Black women win. Yeah. I love that. Sorry. I love that. I love a community helping a community. Like, that. I'm sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Because we had, I didn't know him from nowhere. She was like, factor and Talk about divine timing divine timing because that's when the essence and a vino competition i had just seen it and mm-hmm. i literally funny enough jolisha sent it to me another mm-hmm. person she went to umbc um mm-hmm. one of my sister's friends shout out to joe yes but she sent it to me and was like i think a rom will be great for this and to me i'm still thinking from a small-minded like there's no way I would qualify. Maybe I'll apply in a couple of years or whatever. And I felt it in my spirit. Like once he said that, like, I will help you with anything. Is there anything coming up that I can help you with? I was like, well, actually there's this pitch competition to win $50,000. It's with Avino and Essence. And like Avino to me, like that was like my personal favorite um, skin moisturizing brand that's like large scale. Like that's what mm-hmm. I want the home to be is like that type of everyday lotion mm-hmm. brand. Um, and then, of course, Essence, like that's mm-hmm. Essence Magazine, Black yeah, Women, all of that. Like, yeah. And so he was just like, I'll help you with it. He literally sent me like Google Docs, just like the amount of detail, like just like, okay, like I, I went on your website, I read your story. I feel like you should highlight these things, like trying to help mm-hmm. me with my speech, trying to help me with just like, this is how you should, we have to create a one minute video. Mm-hmm. I feel like these are the things you should highlight. And he just helped me throughout that whole process. We didn't win, but we placed top five. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think that we would place into the competition. Yeah. You didn't even think you qualified. And that's another thing to highlight that, you know, sometimes you have to take your view of the vision out mm-hmm. of the picture exactly you literally just walk on faith mm-hmm. that's awesome now oh, i'm just loving everything about this conversation right now and i just know it is going to be excel upon excelling upon excelling mm-hmm. in the near future by the grace of god oh man that's awesome so we are now in 2022 Mm. how are you feeling i'm feeling honestly unstoppable yes (laughs) unstoppable what's that song gonna be playing (laughs) i'm unstoppable like i don't know it's just a whole new like starting this year i just feel like god can go like last year it's like i let god lead but i was still afraid like this year i took the time to look at everything that we've accomplished. Like, just like you said, the retail stores that we got into that the way they happen again, everything I'm going to be honest last year, everything that happened was like handed. It just on a platter. Like that's it. After I didn't get it, he was like, you still place top five. He was like, have you ever thought about placing your products on Amazon? I've sold things on Amazon here and there. I could help with the application process, literally help me apply. And just like that, like, you know, and we were denied five times to get the product. 
on Amazon. There were certain things that we had to change on the label, but he helped me with the whole process. There are codes that you need. Like, it's a whole process. But he literally was okay. He was, like, just emailing me back and forth. Okay, we need this. We need that. That got them on Amazon. For the store in L.A., Mm -hmm. there was a girl who... Um, my sister and Sam, like, you know, moved out to L.A. My sister and her husband, Sam, um, they moved out to L.A. And then one of the girls that works for Beauty Bees is Sam's family friend. Mm-hmm. And so like, my sister exposed her to a Rome and to the brand. And so she's just like, oh, I work at this store in L.A. I feel like her product would be amazing for the store. Wow. We're actually doing a program where they were picking three brands and like they wanted to highlight like you know basically it was like for the next three months these are small brands we're just trying to highlight black owned businesses Mm -hmm. and so our brand was picked as one of them and then just based on how the success rate was in those three months they reached out like we want to continue with their product and have it sold here full time and i'm just like well you know like she reached out to me and was just like you know i think you should apply to this program and sent me the application the same way sent me the application for essence and avino and then here in dc i literally just emailed them and the lady was like okay let me try the product it's usually about a six month period we tested and this and that she was like and then she emailed me back like adiola i've been using your body butter for a week we need it in the store now yes you know and now they just recently switched to wholesale and so I just feel like last year was about things were handed to me. This year, it's about going after things. It's yes, like, I love that. Exactly. This year, it's time to like take out the fear and not just like wait for God to hand it because I know that he will, but it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just feeling like ask for more. Like if yeah. I ask. And maybe that was what this, this last year was meant to show you that, yeah. okay, you just take a little step. I help you. If you just take a little step. Exactly. Now, now go, go all in, go all in. I've shown you, you have references. If you ever right. feel weary, you have references of my support in your faith. Exactly. Now keep it moving. Yes. Uh, that's yes. awesome. Oh, this conversation just warms my heart. And yes. I just, I think there are so many young women, young people, period, that can mm-hmm. glean some knowledge from this. So with everything that we've talked about, my last question would be, what is something, actually, let's make it two things. Okay. Last thing I'll, this this second to last thing I'll ask is, if you could change anything from the moment a Rome became a product till now, what would it be? About yourself, not about the product. Hmm. If I could change anything, mm-hmm. I think honestly it would be listening to God sooner mm-hmm. uh, because this is I started it in 2014. Mm-hmm. I, think, I don't think I ever even said that, but like the journey of it started in 2014. I started doing it full time in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a whole what six years later, and it's like it just kept. Even some years, like I took off, I would stop the business for a year. And my spirit just kept, it would be someone will bring it up or something. Oh, what happened to our Rome or what happened mm-hmm. to our butters? And I'm just like, eh, I'm not doing it anymore or whatever, you know, and God just, it was always something that like, it just, no matter how long I stopped, I just knew I was supposed to do it. So I think it's mm-hmm. just having not, not being as afraid and going, have gone for it sooner. That's awesome. That's awesome. And my last question would be, if you can give any advice to a younger woman who is marching in your same footsteps, what would it be? 
I Take some time to think about it if you need to. I, I, I think it's, it's I, for me, and that's the thing. Like, again, like I said, I cannot say anything without God. So I feel mm-hmm. like that is the biggest thing. I think it's really, really like trusting in what you're hearing from God in your heart. So I feel like it's like silencing the noise from anyone else around you. Like, of course, yes, there's always like wise counsel that you should, you know what I mean? Like always um, receive or be open to receiving. But I just, if there is anything in your heart that you are strongly believing and feeling like you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do, go after it and trust God in that process Mm -hmm. and know that even if you feel like you're not equipped, he will equip you to be able to do it. Yeah, because it's like he qualifies the unqualified. Because my whole background America, Nigeria, Nigeria, America, um, pre-med, pre-pharmacy, this and that, like all the right, counselor. <laughs> Is that like- <laughs> That's it's okay. Like I love that. And I'm so happy you're, you know, you're transparent about your story because there are a lot of young women. I even know a few that come to mind as we're speaking mm-hmm. that are having these same experiences and feel like they're just like literally getting pushed from one place to another but they have some things on their heart that keeps pressing at them or people keep bringing it up and instead of honing in on that they're focusing on their surroundings and as you were even talking about you know bringing God into the picture one thing I would say is trust your gut trust your intuition because that's God speaking to you and you will know when counsel is wise counsel because it will be seamless it will go with what your gut is telling you it will go with what every you will feel good in your spirit and that's when you know something is wise counsel if you don't feel that way then take time to talk to god of course we don't know all the answers take time to listen to your spirit and see what is being told to you and the answer will reveal itself or the opportunity will come to confirm what your thoughts are This was great, Adela. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, Like I said, I believe there are so many people that will benefit from from this. So if there's anyone who wanted to connect with you or follow Arome or even buy your products, where can they find you? Yes, yes. So you can find us on Instagram. So our handle is at shop Arome and Arome is A-R-O-M-E. Um, you can shop our products at shoparome.com. So same shoparome.com. Um, and then we're also available on Amazon. So we had taken a break from Amazon just because, again, I hand make all the products still. Um, so yeah, so it was just a bit of a production issue just handling everything. But we are back on Amazon in the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, so on Amazon, if you just search Arome Body Butters in two weeks, you will certainly be able to find us. And yeah, those are the best ways to reach us. You can reach me personally as well um, at Miss Adio on Instagram, M-S-A-D-D-Y-O. Yes, yes. So there you have it. Adela of Arome. And, you know, feel free to follow. Feel free to learn from her story. You know, I hope someone out there can pick something out of this conversation that resonates with them or helps them navigate the future. Well, my soil sisters, thank you for listening. Adela, thank you for being on the podcast. We appreciate your presence. And until next time.